Hey, there's some there's some rap. I, I like it. All right. Moving on with a bit of national news. This is for the pastors, Christian leaders out there, maybe the older generation, that you may not realize how just depressed is a word, but nihilistic, pessimistic, despondent the young generation is. Gen Z, maybe the younger side of the millennials. Because, and there are various reasons for that, you have student loan debt, regardless of your thoughts on student loan debt, it is there. You look at inflation, things are just real expensive. The necessities, the normal everyday items, uh, expensive. And the trajectory of the world and the country that people our age are just real down. Josh, would you agree in general? Do you think I'm reading that right? Especially you're saying as far as just looking even four years ago, right? For some of us that recently graduated, when we were budgeting during college, at least for me maybe, it feels the same way in certain regards because of those prices that have increased where I feel like I'm almost budgeting again like I was in college more so than maybe I felt that I would be at this point. And I'm just going on 29 right here, so I'm just a few years out. But like you're saying, it it just kind of seems whether from the gas side of things, whether just on the grocery side of things, you know, it's not that we're asking to get paid more, but with everything increasing in wages and then as far as increasing what we have to pay for, with the wages staying the same, sometimes like you're saying, we feel... Not like there's a glass ceiling, but if that we can't do enough. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't get ahead. It's hard to save. Real hard to save. A lot of people live in paycheck to paycheck. And so Elmo, of all people, he has a you know cutesy little Twitter account. He tweeted this. Elmo is just checking in. So imagine the whole Elmo voice. How's everybody doing? Now, this famous figure, Sesame Street, the tweet drew nearly 200 million views and had 17,000 comments as of Thursday, so that would be today. And there was a lot of darkness there. And I'm going to move this in a church direction in a moment so you can kind of see the trajectory of the conversation. Every morning, what's that? Just getting a little bit for the theme, isn't it? (laughs) I like it. Elmo's world. And so that's what we imagine the show to be. Kind of happy, cutesy, dance around. That's a Sesame Street I remember. Now, he tweets this. Elmo's checking in, and the responses just gives you a glimpse. Again, this is for the pastors, Christian leaders out there. If you're from the older generation, you don't necessarily uh, always get a glimpse into Gen Z, younger millennials. And here are some of the comments. Every morning... I can't wait to go back to sleep, wrote one person. Every Monday, can't wait for Friday. Every single day and every single week of my life. Elmo, I'm going to be real. I'm at my bleepity bleepity limit, said one person. And then another person said, I'm depressed and broke. I'm at my lowest. Thanks for asking. Another person said, the world is burning, Elmo. No amount of tickles can fix this. And then 
so on and so forth. So you're getting the gist of the kind of responses. Then later, Elmo tweeted this. Obviously, it's not Elmo. It's someone running the account. Duh. Wow, Elmo is glad he asked. Elmo learned that it's important to ask a friend how they're doing. Elmo will check in again soon, friends. Elmo loves you. And again, kind of cutesy Elmo speak with the language. It's like a variation of Yoda speak, but just more happy and cutesy. Yoda is not very cute. Anyways, Elmo is more on that side. But if you are not in regular, let's say, youth group ministry, young adult ministry, and you're kind of detached from that generation, you might not understand that people growing up around me, there's just a lot of hopelessness. We see what we've been handed, the national debt, all sorts of different debt. We see broken relationships, broken homes, dysfunction everywhere, everywhere abuse, scandals, not just in the church, but just we're just used to abuse and scandals, period. And this is an opportunity to give people hope. Reach out to the young people around you. I am asking you, if you are part of an older generation, not in a ha ha ha, your generation's terrible, wow, you missed the boat. Because, frankly, the intergenerational wars between the boomers and the Gen Xs and millennials and, and, and the uh, Gen Zs and all the different generations pointing fingers at one another, it's not very helpful. Yeah, Gen Z has some issues. I, I, I do. I'm greatly aware. And we have some self-destructive tendencies, I know. And maybe we don't need to be as depressed as we are. And maybe we're... we're over-therapy-ized, I just made up that word, maybe too much therapy where we just talk about our emotions too much. Sure, yeah, maybe. Maybe the boomers, you know, uh, they got some things right, they got some things wrong. So yes, there's a lot of blame to point around. But reach out to the college students in your life, the trade school students in your life, the young adults that maybe they didn't go off to any sort of school and they're working any sort of job and high school students and be a part of their life. Welcome them into your home. Give them community. Give them a place to talk and hang out and kind of a, uh, I hate to use this word because it's part of the culture wars, but a safe space and that they can just spend time with you. Form intergenerational relationships. We got to get out of our bubbles. We do. So if you only have friends with people in your age group, don't. Reach out. Expand your horizons. Do something uncomfortable. I promise you, Gen Z people, younger millennials, we don't buy. I mean, maybe. Some of us are weird, not going to lie. But for the most part, we're just looking for some friends, people to talk to, to let us know it's going to be okay. Now, that's not my mindset individually. You'll find individual Gen Z people. I was born in 1996, so I am on the line between Gen Z and millennials. And I more identify on the millennial side. I'm not part of the Gen Z crowd in my mind. I could be wrong. But I get it. I get it. It is so hard to save that unless you're choosing some of the traditional higher paying routes, you get through law school with minimal debt, if that's possible. Yeah, you'll make good money. Go to medical school and, and you'll be in a lot of debt. But on the other side, you tend to make a lot of money. So that's nice. Engineers, 
good money. And so there are some traditional pathways where financially you can be sound. A trade school is always an option. I encourage people to go become an electrician, an HVAC, and, and, and the loan debt you have after trade school tends to be much lower, if any at all, depending on what you do while you're in school. So, yes, there are traditional routes I encourage people to take. But if you're not called to be in some of those other directions, God forbid you go into teaching and generally doesn't pay a lot uh, very well. The military, while there are a lot of benefits, doesn't, if you're enlisted, might not pay a, a ton of money. So if you go into some of other routes, the future can look kind of grim. And a lot of people are paycheck to paycheck. You know, for example, if you're in the restaurant industry, fast food, uh, you know, some warehouse work, etc., that things might not pay well. And maybe 40 years ago, you could have those kind of jobs and support a family, but now it's really tough. So, hey, like I said, this is an opportunity, one, for politicians on any side of the aisle, left, right, middle, up, down, ceiling, roof, floor, ground, I don't know. If you can figure out the housing and the, the renting or the rental situation, bring down costs, if you can lower inflation, hey, Maybe don't blow out the spending. Who knows? That might be a thought. That, that, that's political, so we need to work on that. But if you are there, if you are a part of another generation, form intergenerational relationships. Do you know any young adults? Invite them into your home. Do you know any high school students? And now this, you need to do this in appropriate ways, please. We don't need any scandals, any abusive situations. Okay, so none of that. But reach out as is appropriate to high school students. Maybe be a part of your youth group ministry at, at church. Hey, we can do this. We can get through this. I personally am not pessimistic about the future, but I have my own more theological reasons that I'm will, I refuse to be pessimistic about the country and about the church because of the God I worship. America in any state, God's in control. The church in any state, Jesus Christ is on the throne. So I'm not going to be pessimistic, but I do understand why people are. So this is an opportunity for the church to reach out with the love and the hope of Christ. And so speaking of that, if you are a fan of the show and you listen fairly regularly, you know our dear friend, Pastor Paul Brazier. We love him. He comes on the show often. So I would want to make you aware of an event happening at Central Baptist Church uh, Tuesday, 6 p.m. Uh, this is Tuesday, February 6th. They are inviting professional uh, major league uh, fishing pro Mark Rose coming from Arkansas to give his testimony. So I want to make you aware of that at Central Baptist Church. I'm looking at his website. It's roseoutdoors.com. I believe that's the right one. The Walmart FLW Tour Pro from Arkansas has a testimony he wants to share. So uh, he is a fisherman and he wants to talk to people about Jesus. So that's happening at Central Baptist Church Tuesday at 6 p.m. So shout out to Pastor Paul Brazier. We love him. He's a great guy. Want to make you aware of that event. So more news on the other side. We'll talk uh, transgender ideology, some of the contradictions that are inherent in that 
camp that we need to be aware of and more news culture politics theology bible hey we talk about life here in the south on this show priority talk nate williams don't go anywhere Did you know that you can choose life when renewing your automobile tax? Choose Life Alabama is celebrating 20 years of license plate sales in Alabama. Over those 20 years, $4.4 million has been given to pregnancy resource centers just from the sales of Choose Life Auto Tags. Each year, Alabamians pay an extra $50 for approximately 6,000 automobile license plates. The great majority of those funds go directly to local pregnancy resource centers and other pro-life causes. By placing a Choose Life tag on a vehicle, you're also encouraging people to protect the unborn who are made in God's image. In this 20th year of Choose Life Alabama, Priority Talk listeners could easily help double the number of Choose Life automobile tags purchased and therefore double the amount of funds given back to your local pregnancy resource centers. Choose Life Alabama is a low-maintenance, high-impact virtual organization with practically no overhead and no physical location. Learn how you can make sure no unborn life is lost by visiting ChooseLifeAlabama.org. Pregnancy resource centers around the state greatly depend on this annual funding from license plate renewals. Learn how you can help at ChooseLifeAlabama.org. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. We are live on this Thursday night. Call or text in 205-941-1011. My name is Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out for tonight, but he'll be back next week. Now, we have someone texting in, and I agree with the comment. He says, uh, way too much therapy. You uh, got it right on the head. The Bible says the mind or the heart was designed to control your emotions, not the other way around. And so, Here's what I mean by too much therapy. Sometimes, uh, one thing I'm proud of the younger generations for doing is normalizing therapy in that it's okay to go get help. It's okay to talk about these things. Sometimes with the older generation, it's like therapy, marital counseling, it was hush hush. You had to put this on this facade that everything's okay. You can't let anyone know your personal life, that there are struggles, that you're human. And, and, and so therapy was, you just did not talk about it. And so what the younger generation's done is kind of remove that negative stigma connotation from therapy. It's like, hey, we struggle, we're human, sometimes we need help figuring things out. So that's a positive. But sometimes you go too far in the other direction, and there's too much therapy in that everything becomes traumatic. If you have gone through a difficult time in your life, trauma, it's trauma. It, it's, it's bad. It was harmful. It was painful. Oh, you got into an argument with your parents. You disagreed on something with your parents. Bad parents. How dare they get in the way of your self-actualization, in the way of you growing up and being your own person. No, Silly gooses, that's just growing up. You're going to butt heads at times with your parents. You didn't go through trauma. Sometimes, uh, let's see, what else? Yeah, maybe there was 
minor bullying that happened in your school. Now, I need to be careful because some bullying is horrendous. People commit suicide. They're bullied so terribly. I don't mean that. But there's some light bullying that goes on in schools sometimes. And I'm not saying it's great, but it does happen. Kids can be mean or terrible to one another. Light bullying. And then we make it out to be the end of the world. And again, I'm not advocating for bullying, but there is a part that that some of that is part of life that we roast, we joke, we tease, we nitpick. And sometimes kids can be a little nasty, but the end result of that kind of thing, if handled well, is you have a bit of a thick skin and we need that in life. So when a culture is over, there's a word for this. I'm not finding it. I keep over therapeutic, over therapyized, whatever. It's like the bubble boy. Yeah. And we, we get to the point where we're so touchy about anything and anything bad that happens, it's trauma that you need to work through with someone. I disagree. We can go too far the other way that bad things happen in life and they toughen us up. So the older generation does have a point with Gen Z and younger millennials that you don't need to spill your guts on everything and not everything bad that happened is the end of the world that has just scarred your soul forever. Yeah, we do need to toughen up and get a thick skin. So walk that middle line. I don't think counseling is bad. You know, if your marriage is struggling, go talk to a pastor, go talk to someone who professional in these areas. If you were abused as a child, let's say sexual abuse, or physical abuse, yeah, go go talk to someone. I don't think that's bad. I, I would encourage it. But man, if just you got a little argument with your parents as a kid, they didn't do something terrible to you. They loved you, and those kind of things happen. So there was a good uh, point there. We had another comment. Uh, <laughs> all right, there we go. Uh, someone texted in saying... Uh, I love Nate Knights. Nate Knights. I might have to steal that. I don't know. I love Nate Knights. Come on with it. We used to just say, life's tough. Get a helmet. So true. Put on your helmet. Be a big boy. Be a big girl. These things help us through life. They develop character. So again, walk that middle line. So older generation does have that right. However, with the older generation, I will say in defense of the younger generation that we were handed some things that we really wish we were not handed. So the national debt. I get that sometimes 16-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 24-year-olds need to grow up. I'm with you. But also, we were not asked for the national debt. That was handed to us. When it comes to divorce rates, if you're a 16-year-old, 20-year-old, 25-year-old, whatever, yeah, we do need to grow up, uh, and we'll get to more of that. That's true. But also, we weren't asked to get handed the divorce rates and, and, and all those other things. So we can point the blame at one another. I don't think that's helpful. All generations have their pros and cons. And we need to form intergenerational relationships to help one another. So Nate Knights, Josh, I, I kind of, we have different terms for it. So Greg and I and all of us, so that would be Greg, myself, uh, Josh, and Stuart, we were talking about what to call the group. 
we you know crew tribe team uh, we didn't quite come up with a name it kind of varies night by night uh with stewart we've had different names stew's news stew in the news just different stuff um stew in the studio i kind of had that one i don't think he liked it but nate nights i don't know i'm kind of a fan josh what do you think out the gate with Nate. Yo, I'm liking it. Yes. <laughs> Out like the gate with Nate. Yes, dude. Nate Knights. I don't know. So, <laughs> big fan of that text. Yes, life's tough. Get a helmet. And with that, one thing I would want to tell my generation is, other than be careful with therapy, it can be a good thing, but also it can be a bad thing. There are these trends on TikTok of people complaining about working a full week. And they'll they'll whether it's in tears, whether they'll be driving, they'll make these TikToks, these Instagram reels complaining about the work week. And after a long day at work, uh, Brandon says Nate Knights, okay, Brandon, shout out. Okay, he likes it. Um and, and at the end of the work day, people will complain on these videos about they're like, this is it? For the rest of my life, I have to work to, to pay the bills and 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 just to, to survive. It's just working from, from Monday to Friday, and this is it. And I want to tell these people, like, yes, you do have to work for a living. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, yes. I, I, and I know working's not fun, but sometimes I want to grab these people, shake them up just a little bit. It's been that way since humans have existed. What are we doing? I should play some videos. Maybe I'll do that um, tomorrow. Maybe I can find a video on the break. But stop complaining about having to work for a living. It's what it means to be a human. And sometimes we're so entitled with technology that we just would rather sit around home and do nothing all day so to the young people who have that mindset you're welcome to call into the show call or text 205-941-1011 if you weren't working what would you be doing do you are you volunteering at soup kitchens and food pantries and homeless shelters are you involved in your church are you evangelizing for jesus christ like if you are are we just watching netflix with our free time i'd be interested to know my guess is people who have that mindset they might say something like they want to travel well instead of working i'd, I'd like to travel well how do you pay for your vacations <laughs> like i don't get it i don't or get it so, so sometimes again i defend gen z and millennials We've been handed a mess that we did not ask for. I understand that. But then sometimes I see videos and I'm like, what are we doing? It's hard to defend young people when they're complaining about working for a living. I just, I don't know. I don't know. So maybe I'll go to break and and I'll look for a video to play it for you. But my thoughts are this. Work is a good thing. You have to grind. But that's part of life. And this is where, again, I, I always turn this back to the church. Church, you have an opportunity to tell people that your job is your ministry. That is your mission field. You're going to meet unbelievers. You're going to meet the dark, uh, darkness, the dark people in dark places. Going back to the Elmo article. <laughs> Elmo article, that's funny. Anyways, where people are just depressed, dark, and hopeless. Well, this is how you meet them. 
This is how you invite them in. You show them hope. You show them joy. I remember working at a warehouse for years and there would be some older people who were just dark. They were depressed. They were, this is now the older generation kind of turning it on its head. They worked there in the warehouse for 20, 30 years. They didn't want to be there, but they were there Monday through Friday or whatever their shift was. And it was my chance to tell them about Jesus, to tell them that this life is not all there is. And so within the hopelessness, no matter what you're, you're going through, no matter where you are within the hopelessness, this is our chance to tell people about Jesus. And maybe life has not gone the way you want it to. I understand your marriage didn't go the way you want it to. I know. And raising your kids didn't go the way you want it to. I know. And I'm sorry about that. I genuinely am. And I know that if you went back, regardless of you could be 24 years old or 55, it don't matter. You wish you could go back and make different life decisions. But this is where the love and grace, forgiveness, the mercy of Christ is what I lean on, which is why I'm never going to be pessimistic, no matter what the church is going through and what the country is going through, because I know that there is a God on the throne who loves me, who's going to take care of me. I don't know how it looks, how it's going to look like or how he'll see me through at the end of the day, but he has me and it's going to be okay. And so I trust in that. And I always go back to Jesus Christ, his life, his ministry on earth. He died, was buried, resurrected, and ascended into heaven. The tomb is empty. That's my hope. That this world is not it. That the hopelessness, the, the drugs, the addictions, the divorces, the unemployment, the debt crisis, the border crisis war with Iran that we're kind of sort of already in. I know we don't want to hear that, but Iran's kind of fighting us through their proxies and we're funding it, but that's another topic for another time. All these things that God's in control and it's going to be okay. It'll be all right. Are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future? I want to know. Call or text in 205 941-1011. When we come back, well, maybe I'll have a video of someone complaining. We can continue that. But also, we'll talk a little bit about transgenderism, transgender ideology as we close out the first hour. But hey, stay with us. We'll be with you till 7 o'clock. Priority Talk. Often, marketing agencies make high promises with low delivery. Business owners have been burnt by these types of companies time and time again. Dot Edison Marketing is built on integrity. They retain customers four times the industry average, move past multiple vendors, lost time, lost money. Contact Dot Edison Marketing and find your marketing partner with integrity at its core. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at .edison.com. This is Jordan Sekulow from the American Center for Law and Justice. Hi, this is Andy Andrews. Hey, Birmingham, this is Bo Bice. Hi, this is Phil Waterbeer listening to my friend Greg Davis on Priority Talk.
Welcome back. This is Priority Talk Radio. Make sure to check out our website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. And on there, we have a lot of good information. You can access our podcast, uh, which is on most major podcast carriers. Uh, something to look forward to in the second hour is uh, I'll be talking with Tammy Hotsonpiller about her book, Fasting for a Change. Now, maybe you've never tried fasting. Uh, maybe it's intimidating. Maybe you're just not sure about it. I think that would be a great conversation to listen in on. That will be in the second hour um, between uh, 6 and 7. So glad to be with you. Call or text in 205-941-1011. I did find a video of a Gen Zer. You know, a person's breaking down on TikTok, which, again, I'm not a big fan of. Uh, just uh, filming yourself crying. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just real raw and I need to get over it. I don't know. But the Gen Zer was uh, complaining, and, and the video won't play on the computer. And I'm frustrated about that. But But here's the quote. I can read you what she was saying. Why is it that I have to work 40 hours a week just to have a place to live? And I feel like saying, so I'm not, I didn't grow up in the South, but this really makes me want to say things like, uh, sweetie, sweetheart, dear, honey, bless her heart, bless her. <laughs> yeah. Bless her heart. Like, yeah, that's just kind of how it works. You work, you make money and you pay the rent, but that gets into something else with rent prices being the way they are. This is what she says. Just working makes me so exhausted that I don't have time either. She complains, like, I get off work at 5.30, come home, and I'm just so tired that, like, anything I need to do outside of work, I push off to the weekend. And uh, I'm like, I'm just too tired. I'll wait until Saturday. And I just, again, I scratch my head. And as I said before, I will defend my generation, Gen Z slash millennial. I will. Sometimes I think some of our criticism's unfair. Sometimes I just can't that... You do have to work to live. Think about it before the modern economy and before industrialization. Much of our lifestyle was agrarian. And before that, you had hunter-gatherers where you had to hunt to, uh, daily to kill the meat, to feed your family and the tribe. And uh, if you had a farm, you, had, you were out all day taking care of the crops and the cattle and if you didn't you died and so for us to be complaining about a 40-hour work week i'm like come on now yeah anyways now partly prices are high and it is tough living paycheck to paycheck uh, it's we're stressed out and i do get that but just the fact you have to work 40 hours i don't come on now there is a move to to work 32 hours a week and work four days a week. So now it's Monday through Thursday, have another day off due to technology. And I'm not against that, per se. If you live in an industry that because of technology, everything's so efficient and streamlined, which probably means you don't work for the government, but that's another topic. If that's you and you can get done a full week's work in four days and 32 hours, Knock yourself out. If that works for your industry, I'm not against it. 
that we don't uh, remember we used to work six days a week that was standard and you had sunday off and then it moved to five days a week 40 hours a week had saturday and sunday off so nothing's holy and sacred per se about the 40 hour work week so if it goes down to 32 and you can still get a good amount of work done i'm not against it i'm not gonna be curmudgeonly like oh you gotta work a full week just because you have to no i think that's silly i know a lot of different workplaces won't be able to function that way so they'll have to keep the hours up more like 40 or 50 hours so i am up to adjusting but yes dear you do have to work a full week to pay the bills huh you know you're not suffering because you have to do that you don't live a tough life Welcome to being human. Anyways, one event I do want to make you aware of. I talked a little bit about this before the 530 time frame. Uh, we have a, a dear friend of ours, Pastor Paul Brazier of Central Baptist Church. He's off and on, particularly on Thursdays. And uh, we'll talk theology and culture. And, and we really love him here on the show. Pastor Paul Brazier's church, Central Baptist Church, they're having an event that you should be aware of. So on this upcoming Tuesday, February 6th, at 6 o'clock, so think about, you know, typical, you know, nighttime, Tuesday, February 6th at 6 o'clock, they will be inviting a major league fishing pro, Mark Rose from Arkansas, to share his testimony. And I don't know about you. I love testimonies. I'm, I'm either an apologist or, a, a, you know, apologetics is my hobby. I love it. I love it. I love it. Logic, reason, facts, science, I'm all in. But sometimes, or oftentimes, something that really reaches the heart, facts are nice. And I love some good old reasoning. I think that glorifies God. God is the God of truth. But God is also the God of beauty, and God is the God of goodness, and good stories glorify him. They're all over the Bible, and I love a testimony. How has God changed your life? They're riveting. They draw people in. We all have one. If you're a believer, we all have a testimony. Life before Christ, or maybe if you're a church kid, you always grew up in the church, life before you took your faith seriously and then salvation and and life afterwards love a good testimony we all have them we all should know how to tell our testimony and so i think this will be a great event i want you to be aware of mark rose major league fishing pro from arkansas will be traveling all the way from arkansas to central baptist church the church of pastor paul brazier so I just thought I could uh, let you uh, make you aware of that. Go check it out. It's on Tuesday, February 6th, 6 o'clock. So coming right up this next week. You don't want to miss it. And uh, yeah, anyways, Pastor Paul Brazier, if you're listening out there, we love you. You do great work. We enjoy having you on the show. All right. We have another hour for you coming up from 6 to 7. My name's Nate Williams, uh, ministry, topics, transgender ideology, all that good stuff when we return. 
This is Greg Davis, host of Priority Talk Radio on Truth 101 WXJC, weeknights 5 till 7 p.m. Back in studio with me, Pastor Paul Brazier here with us. If you look back on where God's had you, everywhere you went, you you start off in a pastor's home. Your granddad is a pastor, great-granddad is a pastor, you're a pastor. You know what it's like to live in a glass house. Then we go to first priority, and what we what happened? We got people that would speak at our banquets who were under fire, like Roy Moore. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. here we are in a glass house again. Then you go to pastoring, and you're still you're doing first priority. You're still there, and folks, I just want to let you know, my nature. A lot of folks don't think this, but my nature was really, really shy growing up, and God had to kind of develop me and get me out of my comfort zone so that I could just get up in front of people because my knees knocked. I don't like glass houses. I don't like people knowing everything about me. Not that I'm trying to hide. Mm-hmm. Basically. Basically, I'm quiet, believe it or not, but you've been trained to deal with it better than I have. And to me, that's a lot of pressure when people are throwing rocks at you sometimes for what you stand for and all. When people say things they shouldn't be saying or they don't even know what they're saying sometimes. Pastoring and being the pastor of a ministry is a very tough job. I'll be honest with you, I'd rather do roofing than pastoring. (laughs) If God hadn't called me, I'd rather done roofing. I don't like roofing. Roofing to me is physically the most hard job I've ever done. But I love pastoring. I love doing it. But you do it remarkably well. And you're a lot broader than all of us pastors. Don't hesitate to call us, 205-941-1011. Priority Talk Radio, Greg Davis, Truth 101, WXJC, 5 until 7, weeknights. Priority Talk. We are now into the second hour of our show. We'll take you all the way to 7 o'clock. My name is Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out for today and tomorrow, but he'll be back on Monday. We're going to get right to the phones. I'm going to welcome James onto the show. James, how are you doing tonight? For night shift myself. I'm a, I'm a six-day-a-week man, you know. Oh, yeah. Um. You know, I I wanted to make a comment about the concerns you were expressing there, and I understand you're talking about people in your generation, not just you. But, um, you know, you're the apologist, right? So I don't have to spend one minute convincing you. You already know that the Catholic Church is the ones that changed God's Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday, and then downstream from that you know hundreds of years later we're we're living in a different society but um you also know of course that the bible tells basically the same story again and again in ecclesiastes it says that there's nothing new under the sun what will be will be and that's true all kinds of places where pastors discuss that you know we're coming full circle in this bible story you know we want to get back to the garden and all that and at the time of the garden and creation and everything, um, a day of rest was established. And I, you know, in my family, we began deciding, look, we're going to be commandment keepers probably closer to 10 years ago than not. And um, we be, we became Sabbatarians, even though we're not Seventh-day Adventists or anything like that. We just decided, look, I mean, all the evidence is there, and why not just take God at His word? We spend so many, so much time, you know, trying to find balance between a thousand different arguments that can't really decide why not to do it. 
And then when we decided to start doing it, it just became a blessing in our life and in our family. Uh, and of course, it's available to those that believe, and the people in the world aren't going to choose to adopt it. But, you know, God's Shabbat on the seventh day for the sake of rest. About 30 seconds, James, just a heads up. About 30 seconds. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's biblical, is it not? And do we think there wouldn't be blessings for it? Mm. I need to return to the Sabbath and God's word. Uh, James, we do have an interview I need to get to with Tammy Hotsonpiller, but I'm very thankful for your call. So we got to get back to the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. There it is. Uh, there we go. James, I appreciate your call. Make sure to call in again, okay? All right, then. All righty. We uh, we love our callers, James. I appreciate you. We are going to go ahead and take an early break. And-